0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And I know, I said I was going to have a new episode last week, and then I didn't even post. Cute. Uh, That's on me. My bad. I was so proud of myself from the last episode I posted. So if anyone hasn't heard it yet or haven't pressed play, I posted an episode on why I called off my wedding. So if you're new to the show, hi, my name is Nicole. My podcast is basically about anything and everything. I talk about my personal life. I talk about personal experiences, stories, things that I've gone through in the past. I make it entertaining. I use out of context titles and use my episodes to explain them, hence, hold up, let me explain. So if you've been following me for a while, you saw that I was in a relationship for about six years that's not how long I've had the podcast, but starting the podcast, I was very much in a serious relationship that led to an engagement. And then I called it off and went ghost for like seven months. And I finally hopped back onto the podcast and released my season three premiere episode on why I called off the engagement wedding, blah, blah, blah. And I really got deep and personal and honest about my relationship, and I started from the beginning. I talked about why it didn't work out. I talked about how we met, all of the issues we had throughout our relationship, and to pretty much explain why it didn't work out in the end. And I think I did a really good job not exposing all of the dirty details of my relationship, um, only because I still wanna honor my privacy, my self-respect, it's embarrassing to admit a lot of the things I tolerated. And I know I kind of touched base on a few things. I didn't get too specific around certain areas because I'm still working through whether or not I really want to talk about it. But a part of me knows how important it is to talk about it because it's not talked about enough. Like, yeah, we talk about narcissistic relationships and the signs and what people have gone through. But nobody really talks about the actual dirty details of what they put up with, um, because it is embarrassing. Like, I always project this confidence that I do truly have. No one can take that away from me. But if I admit to the things I tolerated, it could make someone view me different. Like, Nicole, like, why would you ever put up with that? If that were me, I would have been like this. And that's like such a huge lesson I learned being in my relationship and even being in a narcissistic relationship is that you hear stories of other girls going through abuse, going through different things with their partners and the first thing you tell yourself is oh but if that were me I would do this and I would never put up with that but the truth is is you don't know that unless you actually went through that and I find it so hypocritical when girls who've never experienced these things have such criticism and opinions on the topic because it's like you've been with the same person for like a hundred years, or you've never been in a relationship like the one I've been in for you to make that call. So again, it's like, I just never felt like I wanted to talk about certain things, but I'm going to talk about it. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about the red flags I ignored being in my relationship, although we were together for six years. And from the outside, it looked very romantic. It looked very adventurous. And and again, I even admitted this on my previous podcast episode where I take ownership of that. I played a part in romanticizing my relationship and celebrating these moments because they meant a lot to me. And I'm still working through the truths of my relationship. Like there's a lot of things I miss about my past relationship. But there are other parts of me that have to rewire my brain and remember that that wasn't love. That was manipulation. Like those gifts wasn't I love you gifts. They were shut up. I bought you this so that you can't give me shit about it anymore. That's what that was. Those trips we took was just to get me to sit still right because I was about to leave that's what that was. That wasn't love. That wasn't, I want to spoil you. I want to show you the world. I want to show you that you're worth it or that you've, that you mean so much to me. No, it's sit the fuck down. I don't want you to go anywhere. This is what we're going to do. And you're going to be happy and you're going to be grateful. And that's going to be the bottom line. And I played that role, but so that I wouldn't admit that that was the truth. I just kind of accepted it. I was like, okay, this is love he's doing it because he loves me. and He doesn't want to lose me. And this is his way of saying sorry. And I accept because, you know, guys in the past that say sorry to me would just text it to me. They never did anything else. But this guy's taking me out on trips. This guy got me a Gucci bag. This guy got me a Louis Vuitton. So immediately I'm like, well, he must love me because if he didn't, he wouldn't be doing this for me. And that's the hardest part about recovering from a narcissistic relationship is having to rewire your brain into learning and unlearning what is love, what is correct, what is not correct. And the things I experienced with my ex, I never experienced with another person. And because he knew that it was easy to like manipulate me and to kind of spoil me in ways I've never been spoiled before. So I'm just gonna talk about like three things that I that I like really that, that I went through with my ex that is a major red flag. And I didn't really wanna see it that way, and it's not something I want to admit, but I think that it would help anybody that has also been in a narcissistic relationship. And again, the only reason why I'm really talking about this is because when I do my own personal research and when I do my own shadow work, healing, you know, reading books, reading articles, listening to podcasts on the topic, it's always like if he acts like this and if he says that and if he does this, that's how you know you're in a narcissistic relationship. And a lot of it is like black and white, right? It's like if he does X, Y Z equals to that. But you rarely hear like legitimate stories, like girls being like, "He would do this, he would do that." And yeah, they would talk about it, but it was never like gritty. It'd just be like, "Yeah, he love-bombed me. He bought me a lot of purses." And it's like, "No, bitch, talk about the time he hit you. Talk about Talk about the fucked- up part. Talk about the fucked-up part. Like, don't just talk like, I think the closest to hearing about real trauma from a narcissistic relationship was when I saw the documentary, the, um, house of hammer about, um, what's his name? Arthur. Is it Arthur army army hammer? Like yeah. Army. That was his name. Army, army hammer. That was probably like the closest. I mean, yeah, he was a narcissist, but he was also like really fucked up in the head. Um, But that was probably, like, the grittiest, like, dirty detail type of stories I heard about those types of relationships. So I'm not going to, like, talk about, like, all of it, you know, because then this podcast episode would be, like, 12 hours long. Um, But I would say, like, three major things that happened. I'm not, like, happy to talk about it, but I'm going to fucking talk about it. Okay? Okay so let me um let me talk about it, so, just to give kind of like context of like a little background of me, um because again, I'm not gonna get so deep into it, but just to give like a quick backstory so growing up, it's always been just me and my mom and my sister. my mom has sent my sister to live in Puerto Rico at some point, so With my sister being away in Puerto Rico growing up, it's always been just me and my mom. My parents got divorced when I was like around three. And, you know, my mom had dated guys that had big big families. And like anytime she would date a guy that had a big family, we would sort of like blend in with their family. But then when it wouldn't work out, it would just go back to just me and my mom. And so in theory, growing up, I feel like I've been surrounded by big families, but we never really were attached to anybody. Like even with my dad, like my dad um, had this best friend who had a daughter close to my age. So like, I remember growing up referring to her as like my cousin, and I would always spend the night at her house like on the weekends. Um, But her family was always her family, right? So like, just like growing up, It's always really just been me and my mom. Like, I didn't really grow up with cousins. Like, yeah, I have cousins, but, you know, I have like fun summers with them, but that's it. Like, it was never like every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every Easter, every birthday. Like, no, always been just me and my mom. So, you know, when I got with my ex, he knew that I didn't have a big family and that it was always just me and my mom. But for some reason, he didn't like my mom from the beginning. And, you know, when you're like dating somebody and you're like really opening up to them about like just like childhood trauma, you're like bringing up some things. And, you know, my mom had me when she was 23. She made a lot of mistakes. You know, we were growing up together. She was growing up. I was growing up. You know, even with my sister, there's a lot of drama behind that, too. And without going under the surface of that. You know, I've chosen to forgive my mom for a lot of things. And because of that, her and I have a very close relationship and I don't punish her for those things. You know, I still work through them and I still have my moments, but for the most part, I'm very close to my mom. I love her very much. And bottom line, that's my mom. And that's just the bottom line. But you know, like when you're dating somebody, you know, you kind of share those parts about your past with them. Well, My ex would use those parts, not against me, but he would use it to validate why he didn't like my mom. So he would be like, well, I don't like your mom. And I think that's really fucked up. And so from the very beginning, he didn't like her. And I remember that bothering me a lot because it's like, listen, her and I are fine now. Like, we're good. Like, I don't understand why you don't like her. But he tried to put it in my head from the very beginning that my mom was manipulative and she was not a good person. And he was the only person that really had my best interests at heart. So he would have this kind of attitude, like he was protecting me from the bullshit, because why would my mother allow me to do this or that or pay bills or even work as hard as I do? And why didn't she help me? And why did I go through that when I was growing up? And she should have done this. And she should have done that. And in the beginning, I remember seeing it more like, oh, like, you're just coming into my defense, you just want what's best for me. Because yeah, there were some areas growing up that I do wish were different. And maybe certain things that could have been handled differently. But like coming out of that I'm at such a different place and also as an adult I can see you know my mother as a person as a woman and understand why maybe at the time the choices she made she felt were the best at the time but it we're no longer at a place to punish her for it or to hold on to that or to keep that anger you know what I mean like you just you 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 let it go but for my ex it was like no can't be let go. You have to understand that that was fucked up and no. But there were times where he would just take it too far. And I remember like, especially during the holidays, like on Thanksgiving or on Christmas, he would always make it so difficult. He would always make it difficult to plan holidays. He'd always be like, oh, you know, well, I'm not going over to your house for Thanksgiving. And no, I'm going to go over here. You could either come or you can stay. Like, it would always be such a huge fight. And I'll never forget, actually, last year, because remember, him and I got engaged a year ago. I remember on Christmas Day, I had off. So, again, if... Many people don't know this. I work at Disney. And so holidays are typically out of the question. Like I'm always working a holiday, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, you name it for the most part. And I remember finally having Christmas Eve off because that was a day that I had requested off that I didn't want to work and it got approved. And I was so excited and I was like, oh, my God, finally, we can spend like Christmas all together. You know, we were just engaged. We had just came back from New York and we had such an amazing time. Like, it was fun. I mean, yeah, we fought a few times, but like, whatever, like at the end of the day, like, you know, you're still going to fight with your partner. Like, it's not always going to be perfect. But for the most part, we had a fun time. And when it came up to Christmas Eve, I remember my ex was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go to Daytona which Daytona is about an hour away from where I live. And he's like, my cousins. Okay. So really quick. He has a cousin who's married to a guy that has family in Daytona. Right? So it's his cousin's husband's family. And they were coming from Puerto Rico to celebrate in Daytona. And my ex was like, okay, well, we're going to go to their house for Christmas. So, That's what we're doing. And I remember my response was, okay, cool. Like, let me let my mom know so that we can figure out like how we're going to get there. Like whose car we're going to take, who's going to drive, if we're going to take two cars, one car. And his response was, well, she's not coming. She's not invited. And I remember just being like, what do you mean she's not invited? Of course, my mother's invited. It's fucking Christmas. What are you saying? He's like, well, first of all, it's my cousin's husband's family. And they invited us. And you're obviously invited by default because you're my fiance, but your mom can't come. And I'm like, why can't she come? He said, like, because she's not going to know anybody and you're just going to be latched onto her. And you need to be by my side at this function. And I'm like, are you dumb? What do you mean? Like, my mother is my only family here in Florida. Like, you're really literally asking me to not spend Christmas with my mother for the sake of your cousin's husband's family, like they're Puerto Rican. Like we're all, and like, and it's not even to say they're Puerto Rican, like, cause I'm half Puerto Rican, but it's like in any type of family function during the holidays, everyone is welcomed. It's part of our culture to basically invite the neighborhood to the house, to have a good time, to party, to drink. Like you act like I'm asking to bring like seven of my friends over with us. Like this is my mother. This is your future mother-in-law. We're engaged. How the fuck does it look to celebrate Christmas like without my mom? Like, you really want my mother to be by herself at the house alone while I'm like an hour away spending it with people I don't even fucking know? Because at the end of the day, yes, I understand that we're all gonna be one giant family. It is still your cousin's husband's family. Like, this isn't even like you're not even gonna know anybody here. All you're gonna know is your cousin and me and your mother. And I remember it caused such a huge fight. And I remember one of the things that he had said to me was like, well, you're my fiance and this is how it goes. As your future husband, this is how it's going to be. And I'm like, bro, I'm about to swing at you. And fast forward the day of, he went to Daytona with his mom and I didn't fucking go because get the fuck out of here. No. And that's like one thing about my relationship with him. You know, it's like he did everything in his power to try to get me to do things he wanted me to do. And I never did. (laughs) He wanted to have kids. I was like, no, he tried to get me to do a lot of other things. And I would say no. And yeah, just that would be like a specific detail of like a red flag of being in a well, just a red flag in general, but also like a very like specific I don't want to say symptom or side effect, but like basically what it was like being in a narcissistic relationship. Like, you know, and there were so many times too, like when we would get into fights, like I remember when he had first met my sister, we had went out to New York. It was when I was celebrating my 28th birthday. And this was like during COVID. And my sister like was like, Hey, like come to New York. Like, you know, we'll try to do as much as we can for what's open and like whatever like the regulations allowed but she's like you know you and arnaldo should come (laughs) i love how i say like my ex but i still name drop um she was like you know just come out we'll have a great time blah 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 and i remember this would be the first time he would meet my sister and her fiance and the impression he left on everyone was disgusting And the only reason why my sister did not react in the ways that she wanted to react was out of respect for me because she just wanted me to be happy. And she just didn't want to make it more difficult for me because she knew it was already hard enough for me to navigate my relationship with him because everybody knew and I knew that I wasn't going to leave him. So. I remember when we had came back, like he ended up leaving first back to Florida. I stood for a few extra days and then I flew back uh, to Florida from New York. And I remember just feeling this extreme weight and heaviness. And I remember just feeling like I cannot be with him. Like I can't be with this guy. Like, you know, he disrespected my sister. He disrespected my niece. He disrespected her home because he just drank so much and was just so messy. And like, Anytime we would like go out to do something, he would always like make himself a drink to go. And he would always excuse it like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm going to take a drink to go and like, fine, whatever, that's fine. But at the end of the day, like my niece is in the car and that's not okay. And he would just sneak alcohol into the car and then like spill it in the car. So then the car would smell like Hennessy. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? like have respect for my sister's house, have respect for her car, have respect that my niece is sitting next to you. And it's like, I would sit in the front seat talking to my sister and I would hear him like say things to my niece. And I would always turn around like, dude, what the fuck are you asking her? Like, why are you saying that? Shut the fuck up. Like go on your phone, look out the window. Like I felt like he was a child and I was constantly on top of it. So when I got back from New York, I remember just like, feeling so upset, feeling such a heavy weight, crying all the time because I knew that I couldn't be with them. Like I couldn't be in this relationship. And so I remember like getting into an argument with him and I was like, you know, you, the way you acted with my sister, the way that you act towards my family, like if I ever, you know, like disrespected your mother in any way, like how quick would you be to leave me or break up with me? And anytime I would say things like that, like kind of do like that reverse psychology, he would, that would throw him off. Like that would set him off. He'd be like, how fucking dare you? That's not the same thing. And basically that's what happened in that argument when I basically called him out on all the fucked up things he did and basically set the tone. Like, what if it were me being this way towards your family and your mother, what would your reaction be? He went off, yo, like he fucking sent me like three, not even three. It was like seven voice notes through WhatsApp that were fucking like five minutes long. And it was basically him telling me like, oh, God, it's so fucked up. I can't even say it. He was just like, your mom doesn't love you like she you know, took advantage of you all these years. I'm the one that's been there, not her. I'm the one that helps you. When you needed money for textbooks, I gave that to you. When you needed help, I helped you. You know, who takes you out on trips? Who buys you things? Who takes you out to eat? Who listens to you? I do. Not your mother, because you know that if your mother had a man, she would forget about you all over again like with my sister, he was like, you know, your sister don't give a fuck about you. She's always been jealous of you. You know, like she only does these things for you because she feels bad. And, you know, he'll just say, and then he'll like, he'll bring up like really specific things of like my past and he'll be like, yeah, remember that. Remember that? Like, yeah. and, And these are the people you're defending after everything I've done for you. Like he'd say like fucked up things like that. And it sucks because, you know, like, Because he would use such specific things from my past in those arguments, it would make me feel like he was right. And even though I knew better, because even when he would say these things, it never steered me away from my mom. It never made me stop talking to her. It never made me grow distant from her. Ironically, it made me want to pull her closer because I was so aware of the abuse that I was experiencing with him that it's like I... I needed her more than ever because this behavior was scary. I like I was aware of it. And that's what makes it even more fucked up is that I was aware of it, but I still wasn't breaking up with him. I still wasn't leaving him. I would cry about it. I would feel this anger. But a part of me just kind of felt like, well, he does help me and he is there for me. And we do go on these trips together. And it started our relationship became a little bit more superficial than actually like loving and I think a part of me just kind of felt like well I'll put up with this fucked up part just so that I can get these good parts because these good parts meant more to me and not to like drown in this like feel bad for me type of tone but before my ex I remember dating this guy that I was like so in love with He was just so thoughtful and such a good friend to me and just so perfect in so many ways. And it was like all of my friends loved him. My mother loved him. He loved my mom. Like, I tell you, it was like the fucking notebook. Like, at least that's how I felt. And he made me believe that that's how he felt. And then he broke up with me and it was so devastating. Like, it was so devastating. And I remember that's when I was like single for about a year and then I met my ex so I remember one of the things that kind of like stuck with me from that relationship in the past is that I loved this person with all my heart. I thought this person loved me with all their heart, but they still left me. They still broke up with me. They still didn't want to be with me. So with my ex, the narcissist, you know, it's like we went through all these fucked up things, but he didn't leave. Like, yeah, he would talk shit to me. He would do all these fucked up things, but he stood. Like he still took me out on trips. He still bought me things. He still helped me out, but he didn't leave. So clearly this has to be real. This has to be love. This has to mean something because if it didn't, he would have broken up with me and gone with somebody else. There was a lot of like a lot of layering trauma that I had, you know, from before my ex and then being with him. And I think like he knew that. And I think that's why it was so easy to manipulate me. Because he knew my weak spots. He knew my abandonment issues. He knew about my rejection issues. And he just knew how to navigate the relationship with me. And as fucked up as it sounds, it was enough for me to feel like this was real. What we had was real. That's why we were together for as long as we were. So it's like talking about this, it makes me sick to my stomach. But for those who don't understand what it's like being in a narcissistic relationship, I have to bring those other elements up in order to understand why I stood for as long as I did. I'm not going to lie, my friends, I had to take a little bit of a break from all that I was expressing because it is heavy stuff. And There's a part of me that talks about this out loud and it makes me want to like say it and then be like, but it wasn't really that bad. Like I know I'm making it sound bad, but it wasn't really like that bad. And (laughs) that just goes to show how much more healing I need to do because none of this was okay. And I justified a lot of the fucked up parts because of the good parts. And again, like I said before, it was the good parts that kept me... In place and with him. And, you know, that's, I think that's the hardest part also about being in a narcissistic relationship is having to accept that the areas where you thought were actual love or real wasn't. It was manipulation, it was whatever the person could get out of you at the moment. And that's, I think that's like the hardest part because there was a point in my relationship where I just got so used to it and I just, knew how he was and I just understood why he was the way that he was so it was kind of easy to navigate the relate. it wasn't easy to navigate but it was I just knew what to do like I knew what to say I knew how to deal with it and I just kept adjusting and adjusting until you know and that's just why so much time had passed but thinking back now I'm like bro how How insecure was I to have dealt with as much as I dealt with? But I also understand, too, that people that are in narcissistic relationships are victims. It's not their fault. Um, I mean, I am accountable. Trust me, because I was very aware of the abuse, but I still dealt with it. I still endured it. Um, But, you know, this is my journey. And I just felt like. It would be important to talk about the specific things I dealt with for those who are probably questioning, like, you know, am I in a narcissistic relationship? Because, you know, the person I'm with does X, Y, and Z. And this article says these five things. And he kind of does that one thing, but it's not like that. It's not that bad, you know, which is why, like, anytime people tell me anything, I always ask, give me an example. Give me an example. Oh, he doesn't communicate. Give me an example. Oh, he always gets angry. Give me an example. Like, I want examples. I want real life scenarios so that I can compare notes. And that's basically what this episode uh, was about. So, my friends, I'm going to wrap it up here because I think what I gave is all I can give. (laughs) But I love you so much and, you know, thank you so much for reaching out and for showing support and, you know, for the women that reached out to me, thank you for understanding and relating. It's not easy to talk about it or to even admit it, especially taking all that I had in my relationship and walking away from it because regardless, it is not easy walking away from a relationship you invested so many years in. I can be thankful that it was only six years and not 16, but it doesn't make it any easier regardless. So thank you for those who've reached out. Thank you for those who are listening in. And I love you. I appreciate you. And as always, (laughs) even if I miss a week, (laughs) new episodes every Mondays. I love you. Stay safe. And I will see you next time.